This is CliffCentral.com. When it comes to raising eyebrows and getting people talking, Maj Toure has probably received it all. He's a hip-hop artist turned Second Amendment advocate in the United States after founding a group called Black Guns Matter. What is the movement all about? Well, he's here to tell us about it, and hopefully we get to find out exactly what they're trying to achieve. Marge was born in North Philadelphia. He started the group in 2016. It's a grassroots organization that educates people in urban communities on their Second Amendment rights and the responsibilities of firearm training and education. He started the group after seeing too many people he knew going to jail for gun possession charges. Not because they robbed someone or killed someone or even attempted to, but just because they had a gun. That is stupid. If I have a butter knife on me, I don't go to jail. If I stab somebody, I go to jail. That was what he said when he started the group in 2016. Last month, the Gun Owners Foundation celebrated Black History Month by presenting a check for $25,000 to Maj and Black Guns Matter for their urban outreach efforts. The resources will be used to support firearm safety and conflict resolution in Baltimore, Atlanta, Detroit, Richmond, New Orleans, Birmingham, Tallahassee, Columbia, Memphis, and Nashville. Hey, Marge, great to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you, man. Are you are in lockdown as well? Uh, they're saying lockdown, but I'm not submitting to that. I'm not. I don't follow that rule. And somebody, unless somebody can give me an actual reason and a, a thorough explanation uh-huh. for why, as as well as um, when the fuck it's over, or hey, we don't know. So right. we, we're asking. You know what I'm saying? Until then, I'm not on fucking lockdown at all. I just came from outside. And and you're going to defy this because you you see it as a as a direct kind of threat to your your rights your your freedoms your I, liberty. I see I see it as a direct not only a short term tactical um, violation but a long term strategy to circumnavigate and destroy the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which are human rights. So now nah, and 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 again, the numbers of death do not justify the level of overreach mathematically. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, people saying they got, you know, hey, I've been diagnosed with something. Like, fucking Magic Johnson was diagnosed with HIV in the 80s. Like, what the fuck? He's, he gained weight and gained money. You know what I'm saying? So, um, nah, it's just they're not, there's not enough explanation. The CDC and the, the WHO, World Health Organization, are not necessarily in the most organized space. They're telling their medical professionals, yo, you don't even got to wear masks. Yeah. Yet still, 80% of the cases are mild symptoms. Most people in America that are, uh, you know, confirmed with it are fucking sent, like, sent home. So it's, it doesn't warrant this. And if it does, you have to explain to me why it does. And if I saw people, like, on some zombie land shit falling out in the street, I would be the first one to tell people, absolutely, stay in the fucking house. But right now... Freedom isn't free. Um, viruses happen. Some of us, young and old, are going to die from this. Most of us will be treated. And you don't, like, if it, it, you're either free or you're not, you know? Right. There's no in-between. Well, I'm, right. I'm curious about a lot of things. So I want to I just kick off with uh, Black Guns Matter. Um, first yeah. of all, congratulations on starting this group. You know, very often th- there are elitists who believe that uh, that black people are a homogenous group that all think the same way, and I'm talking about about left wing people here. They say, "Oh well, you know, all black people are against uh, guns because they have been the victim of guns. 
that they are they are tired of having guns in their communities, so we should confiscate all of them. Um, it's a controversial position to take up, and you you often are not fighting uh, racists; you're actually fighting liberals. Right. Well, a lot of liberals are racist. A lot of liberals are very, um, you know, the the soft the what do they call it? The soft uh, soft bigotry of low expectations. Soft, yeah, low yeah. expectations. Yeah, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Um, and in that, in those spaces, that's what happens a lot. Um, Malcolm X had a great breakdown of it. He was talking about a lot of times the the difference sometimes between an outwardly racist white person and an outwardly, you know, inner, you know, a white liberal is like a wolf and a, a, a fox. Um, both of them eat lamb. Yeah. The, the the wolf has a more difficult time getting the lamb on their plate because the wolf is outwardly aggressive. You know, the fox is friendly right. or appears to be friendly, but he still wound up with the lamb chop on his plate. Now I have white liberal friends. I have white conservative friends. I have all different types of friends and family members and so forth and so on. So I, I'm not making a sweeping indictment of everyone. that happens to be a white liberal. I, I personally believe, believe not. know. I believe that a lot of white liberals are just as misinformed and caught up in the matrix as a lot of people are. They actually, and, and we've seen that in, you know, after this whole, you know, Corona thing just started, I was in California. I was on the Santa Monica Pier, the end of America. Like, right. Over there, like having a great time over there, out on the beach, all of that. Now, here's the thing. There were so many people, liberals, lined up at the gun stores. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, or, or getting online, thinking they could just buy a gun online. And they their, their ignorance, how they've been lied to by, you know, the political establishment and the elites is showcasing itself there. You know, so um, I believe that a lot of them, all of us are humans that want pretty much to be loved, to be respected, to be fed, to love, care for our loved ones, so forth and so on. Some of us have different information bases. And when you can keep a certain group of people unaware of the information, as well as feed them feelings and exploit their trauma, you know, uh, you, you can manipulate the masses. And I think a lot of white liberals are in that space. Um, there's, there's guys that are white liberals that turn and, and, and then turn around and say they want to support BGM because of the, the approach and how we uh, present information. Again, all of these people are our brothers and sisters, even the fucking tyrants. You know, even the tyrants. It's, so, it's such an interesting thing that people are put into a box and you're expected to tick all the little sub boxes in that box. Like if you're, if you're a, 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 let's say, a Second Amendment uh, activist like you are in, in the U.S., we don't have that in South Africa. But if you're someone who believes that it is your responsibility to protect yourself and your family, um, then they assume you're also all the other things on the right. You know, you're anti-abortion, uh, that you are – um, that you are anti, uh, you, you want to you want to see the death penalty brought back. They assume a whole bunch of things about you that might be completely unrelated to your position. Yeah, the the thing is, people generally, humans across the planet, are not monolithic. I'm a libertarian. Mm-hmm. I go to CPAC every year that they invite me to speak. You know, um, I'm a libertarian. There are certain conservative values. I am fiscally conservative. Right. You know, I want I want a Bentley. I want a Bentley. I cannot you know, I don't have uh, I wouldn't take the resources unless I could buy a Bentley three times over. And even on top of that, there's so much other work that I have to do with resources before I start thinking about a Bentley. That is conservative. Right. right? 
I'm a libertarian that does not believe in all open borders. I know some people, a lot of libertarians do, but in that space, I'm a little bit more conservative. All humans, all, that's why there's movies have different genres. Yeah. <laughs> like no one doesn't like to laugh, but everybody doesn't only want to watch comedies. Right. You know, and this this is a human characteristic, a human trait. I think the more that we understand and evolve each other and appreciate the, 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 the nuance and the layers and the subtle differences. And that is something that's scalable. You know, I carry nine millimeter all of the time. You know, that doesn't mean I'm mad at the guys that shoot 40 cal. Like, that's what they choose to do. That is, in essence, the definition of freedom. As long as your um, choices do not physically harm me. Mm-hmm. or my personal property, you are free to do whatever you choose. Um, and I think that if more of the people are reinformed that way, our political establishment, us, the people that choose to be public servants, we'll see more of that reflection. Right now, in, across the country, across the planet, we're, we're dealing with this corona you know, scare. Right. And are, have there been people that died? Yes. Um, are, is there enough information about why we're uh, justifying so many civil liberties being potentially or the attempt to trample on those civil liberties? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the rebellion to that is is very humanistic. It's very freedom based. You know, the, the Bill of Rights. And I hear a lot of people say, well, America has these things and not other places. America just codified this human nature in a format. That's all it is. These are human rights. The, the ability to keep and bear arms to protect yourself and your loved ones is a human right, regardless of if the people in other countries choose to continue to push themselves into this globalist, homogenized, monolithic thought process. That's completely up to them. And they have the right to do or not to do so. You know, and so that 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 picturing of everyone is exactly the same is very Orwellian. It's real 1984 ish. And we just got to wake up out of that. And me personally, I'm cool with being a rebel. I, I've, I've been at the bottom. So, I mean, <laughs> relative bottom, but I'm, I'm cool with this, you know. And I think as more and more people that, as from an empathetic place like myself explain these things from a place of empathy, right. not a place of, you know, like you're in South Africa. The, 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 you know, oh, you, you don't live in America. So your, 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 your uh, opinion doesn't count. That's the right. silliest thing in the universe. Approaching the scenario with sympathy and understanding and empathy, still being firm is how we move forward. And I think that's why so many people um, are gravitating to our message at Black Guns Matter. So, Maj, I just want to hear a little bit about your history, and, and then we can get into the history of, of guns and black people in America. Um, where did you, you – you were born in, in North Philly, right? Yeah, absolutely. The birthplace of America, and that has pros and cons with it. Um, but yeah, I'm from Philly. I'm, I'm, I live not too far from where the Constitution and the, uh, the you know, was signed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a ghost town over there right now. Uh, but yeah, I'm from Philly. It's a very beautiful city. We have a great juxtaposition of history and art and 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 hardworking blue collar folks and political elites. And it's a very very um, interesting town in that regard. We have a great history of like textile and manufacturing. Um, it's the city of first, like Mother's Day was started in Philadelphia, like the Hershey's Chocolate Candy Company was started in Philadelphia. Um, the first the first computer, like microcomputer was housed in Philadelphia. There's so many things about Philadelphia um, that that are very, very cool. And it's a very it's like a proving ground. New York is, is kind of way easier than Philly. 
you know. Um, but uh, it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city, and I, I champion and 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 welcome everyone to you know come and experience uh, all of the history that we have here. So tell me about your own personal history. Oh, um, I'm a reformed monster, you know. <laughs> um, I used to take advantage of people, and it was wrong. And my justification for it was whatever it was. Either way, if you're taking somebody else's personal property or uh, potentially or harming their body, you're wrong, period. Um, and so I just got my act together. And, you know, after getting my act together and being a responsible, you know, young man, you know, time passes and, you know, the 2016 election starts to make way. And you keep hearing about these uh, voters registration drives. But meanwhile, my friends is catching possession charges for a gun. And it's like, yo, we need a license to carry drive. And so that's how, you know, snowballed us into the Black Guns Matter conversation. It was initially going to be one event, and then it, it kept snowballing. Were you ever victim of, of gun crime? Well, that depends. I'm generally not a victim. Um, I was a victim of the ignorance that may had led me to believe that trying to take somebody's money that they got for selling drugs was okay. You know? Um, in hindsight, the war on drugs was wrong, not the entrepreneurial spirit that came along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking about who can say what the, the, the cannabis industry is a perfect example. I have friends that's locked up for a very long time for nonviolent offenses of 10 to 20 pounds of weed. But yet and still, Coca-Cola is now buying the patents to certain strains and they're fixing to make however many trillions of dollars. So that's a clear contradiction. So to me, going back. To me, at that time, I thought, okay, I'll rob these guys because they drug dealers. Yeah, my justification was I'm not robbing anybody that's uh, that's doing something, quote unquote, they're doing something wrong. But when you get more informed, you see that the war on drugs, which has been a tremendous failure, is also not in alignment with freedom and liberty. When you go back and see that the founding fathers of this nation owned hemp farms, you know, and so it's like, my thought process and my my understanding, not even to the point of overstanding, my my understanding of that was completely off. So in getting my thought process together, now the whole goal is to defend freedom. Uh, the whole goal is to defend liberty. The whole goal is to, the government should not be telling you, if you want to shoot heroin up, you, I don't, I'm not into it. But if you want to put do that to your temple, your body, which is your highest form of property, you are free to do that. Um, and government shouldn't have anything to do with it. Whether my moral conversation about it could be a whole other thing, no different than abortion. If you sh- that's, that's a it, very spiritual, very personal question that that woman and that man have to talk about amongst themselves to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Whatever decision they come to, I do not want the government, even if my moral perspective may disagree with that concept. Um, freedom cut both ways, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, we haven't, the overall, what we're having is we're having people having moral conversations in legal arenas. If we, if we can have the morally high ground, superior, inferior conversation, as long as we can keep it in the moral room, I'm totally with that. When we take that into the legal room and now the government is in essence telling you, if you don't comply with this, we, for your body. We will send our shooters to come kill you because that's what a law is. A law is if you don't comply at the end of this, we send someone with a gun to come potentially kill you with the continuum of force. Right. You know, so 
Um, for me, just learning more and more and more about that, you know, it only makes sense for me to be more and more and more of a freedom fighter as opposed to a scumbag being a leech in the community, you know. Um, and even even then, morally, I knew it was somewhat wrong, but I justified it, you know. And now and it's like, nah, that's that's not cool at all. You know, um, and again, that's my point of how I'm so empathy. I exercise so much empathy for people that um, currently don't have the level of study that I personally have. I was there too. It's 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 very arrogant and egotistical, egotistical for us to forget where we came from in that regard. And I can be empathetic, and I can still be against the thing, but I can understand why you do the thing. And if you want more information to grow, if I have the information, I'll share it with you. That is the foundation of who I am as a being, who I am as a being. And that level of humility that develops a certain level of confidence because you believe this thing so thoroughly 10, 15 years ago. Now you are the you are a whole new person in that regard. And that's another form of natural law. There's a reason why your credit score, you know, goes back after seven years. You know, it's based on natural law. Who you are, damn near every seven years, you're a whole different being. Right. You know, you evolve, you grow. And so that being the, the fundamental change for me and my organization follows suit in that regard. We are solutionaries. We are not in a space where we're trying to uh, continue to revolve around the same problem over again. We want to see the problem, apply solutions. We never really have to deal with that again. And I think I thought that we handled this conversation about freedom and freedom of movement uh, in America, at least. But it seems like some people have forgotten. So we kind of got to, you know, re-remind them of it. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Um, the, the history of gun ownership in the black community is also something which is contentious. Uh, we've, we've already gone over how, how liberals can, can be themselves the, the exponents of this soft bigotry of low expectations. But what is the story of of black gun gun ownership, and what is the relationship between the black community and guns in in America? Well, to be perfectly honest, um, there's we have a strong, strong, strong historical tradition of firearms, and if if we even isolate it to America, right? First of all, all of the gun control in this entire country. All, every single bit of it, all of it, is, uh, in essence, there to stop melanated beings from protecting themselves. Whether that was before America existed, um, when you had the, you know, the, the, the Louisiana Purchase and the Louisiana Laws and the, the Black Codes and the Slave Codes and all of these different things. Um, that was designed to specifically stop melanated beings, whether that was Native Americans who were melanated. Um, to not have the means to protect themselves. So in essence, when that, that type of gun control started, it was deliberately, let's separate people from the, having the ability to um, be human. If we're saying that these things are human rights that we in essence have because of the fact that we're human and we're making rules to say this particular class of people cannot have this particular firearm, it is the origin of telling someone that they are subhuman. Unfortunately, that happened in America, you know, and, and maybe not even before, even, even, you know, in regards to gun control that happened in America. However, when you're talking about, you know, European, you know, colonies and, and, and things of that nature coming up with the concept of creating race, 
to subjugate and justify that subjugation of different beings that happened. That was that was a European creation. Sorry. Sorry if that sounds sucky. Yeah. Um, when it comes to America, some of those things that the founding fathers were or I'm not even going to say the founding fathers. I'm going to say um, the landowners and more uh, affluent people, you know, at that time. They followed it in suit with some of those same bullshit uh, legislation. They did. And, and you know, but the, the beauty of it is, again, this is a human right, as stated in the Bill of Rights in the Second Amendment. The Bill of Rights was wrote to remind people that government does not grant you these things. They can't take them. They can't give them. They can't take them away. Um, I think that we become what we hate. So, for example... You take uh, Gandhi in India, who Gandhi, there's some quotes from Gandhi saying some very, very disrespectful things to, you know, black people. But nonetheless, you use him as the example. Sure. Right. They fight for independence from Britain. They use civil disobedience as the way to do it. Walking to the Indian Ocean, making salt to as an economic civil disobedience. Um, sit-ins, so you know, uh, 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 you know, going on uh, hunger strikes, strikes yeah. and forth and so on. Right. As soon as they gained their independence from Britain, the first thing that they outlawed was civil disobedience. <laughs> well, we've you know? we, we've so got we've got these, similar we got similar things in in this country where a lot of the most horrible things that the former racist government in this country did have become the bedrock of. Of some of the and some of the laws that were on the books during apartheid here in South Africa are still there, right? And it's like you can openly point to it and say this was race based. This needs to be gone. Um, it's the same thing with gun control. That's why we, you know, our shirts and our merch, all gun control is racist. It is. When you want to learn something, you go to the natural genesis of it, and when you get to the natural genesis of it, you see, oh, this was created for this. Now, if there is movement, actions, legislation that changes to rectify that. Okay, cool. Then it's changed. Gun control does not fall in alignment with that thought process. Gun control, there has never been any rectification of that. All it has done is try to, with that, like you said, be in the bedrock, it expands. Mm -hmm. Now it's power for power's sake. Yeah. So when I have, like, like we said, my liberal white friends that are in California that wanted to find out where the gun show loophole was yeah. that doesn't exist. When their governor, Newsom, horrible governor, mm -hmm. decides to say, now you can't leave your home because of the fear of a potential virus. You didn't educate the people and make say, hey, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're seeing so far. This is how we attempt to try to fix this. Can we get everybody on board for one week to try this? And then, and then, and then they're stuck because now they're trapped in their homes. They have no way to defend themselves if things go wrong. And that's exactly where a big government wants you. Right. And simultaneously, you let the bad guys out of jail, supposedly. The bad. Now, I don't know yeah. what all of these guys' cases were for. Well, right. isn't, isn't that what they, they, they just did that in New York now? I think it was uh, Governor Cuomo and Bill de Blasio have decided it's okay to let people uh, loose who are in prison because they're afraid they'll get the coronavirus. These are sometimes people who might have committed murder, people who used to rob people with guns, and they let these guys out. Uh, and, and yet they're worried about the people who've, who've 
who go out in the street like you do to defy an order to stay indoors. Right. They'll arrest you, but they won't lock up these guys. Right. Now, these are the contradictions that we're dealing with. Now, here's the other thing. I don't think that some of those guys and women should have been in jail in the first place. I'm going to be very clear about that. Right. It's like in a, in a law, like in a place where everything is made a rule, just for rule's sake, like that's silly. So I'm not I'm not with all of the over-regulation, all of the over-laws, over-taxation. I'm totally against that. I am right. a libertarian. Yeah. Um, with that, and outside of that, I am a melanated being. I am a black American. So first off top, let's be clear about that. With that being the case, I'm also an American. I'm also uh, in a place that we have a construct. Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. I see the writing on the wall to try to make um, a, a very monolithic, you know, an Amero, a Euro, and an Afro. I am totally against that. Now, am I with the ease of traveling and, and understanding and we evolving that all humanity are, are brothers and sisters and whatever your Lord or creator? Absolutely, I'm sure. with that. Yeah. Do I believe that humans can evolve to a level of understanding and, 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 and enlightenment and attainment that's attainable during our lifetime? Absolutely, I do. Um, however, you get that way through information, through, um, for lack of a better term, education, um, as well as you get there through understanding, overstanding and empathy. You do not get there by government force or trying to trick people into taking a real ID when you already have identification. You don't get that way by trying to force people to assimilate into cultures that are not their own. You, you get that way by understanding, appreciating and respecting each other's culture and appreciating it. Yeah, I, I, I just want to go back to the question for a second because you, you've given us a very good idea of, of where the black community in America stands with regard to, to gun ownership historically. But why is it that the civil rights movement who who – should be in favor of more rights for everybody, including black people, and should be about inclusivity. Why are the civil rights movement, people like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, why are they not allies of yours in this, in this fight to have black people responsible for their own security, give them the access to, to, to freedoms that they didn't have before? Why are they not on your side? Al Sharpton is a rat. That's number one. Al Sharpton is a rat that ratted to the feds. So that's number one. I don't associate with rats in any way, shape, or form. That's number one. Um, number two, some of these guys were black leaders. If you're not a black leader if you're telling people to not be armed and if you happen to be melanated, period. Jesse Jackson, um, he ran for president. He was supported by Donald Trump in the 80s. Now all of a sudden, he forgot all of that. When Donald Trump gave him you know, space for the Rainbow Coalition, Years ago, like Pepperidge, I remember Pepperidge Farm remembers, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so it's just those guys tend to turn into opportunists. And that's another reason why I don't think that, you know, this should Black Guns Matter shouldn't be a long term thing. We get in, we fix it. And if you didn't fix it, you failed and you pass the baton to somebody else to try. I think that they saw that there was um, money in these things. You know, there's there's theories that Jesse Jackson had an involvement in Dr. King's, you know, assassination. Until those questions are answered to me, you're not a fucking leader. Dr. King had was was denied a license to carry. Dr. King had an arsenal, you know, so they're not black leaders. That's number one. Um, number two, there's a shortage of leadership. 
generally. I don't care what your melanin content is or isn't. Yeah. There's a and that there's a systematic approach to making sure that people are not thinkers. People are not builders. People are not like me, for example. I'm a point guard. I understand that. Okay, I'm on a good day. I might be five ten on a good day, right? There's guys that are six foot eight, seven feet. Okay, have those guys get the rebounds. You know, have, if he's if he's the center, get the ball to him. Yeah. Let him score. If, if if his guard is the guy guarding him is shorter than him, you you know you you do what you got to do. My point there is, I understand as a leader, my actions affect the other nine players on the basketball court. Right. I don't have to score one point in my position for us to win a championship. That's because I'm actually a leader. You know what I mean? Um, the thing is, those guys are not leaders. There's a bevy of information that shows you historically when there have been um, groups of people to fight against tyranny. If they are not armed, there's a massacre of those people not long after that. Yep. That's not me making it up. That's every, history. Every That's single history. time. All of the time. So if you're now telling people, hey, man, you shouldn't resist and hey, man, you shouldn't be armed. You are not a fucking leader of black people. You're not a leader of anyone. You're not a leader of humans. Again, as a person that believes in the human ability to evolve, I truly believe that we as a race of humans can evolve to the point of no one needing firearms. I do believe that until I see evidence of that. And until yeah. we're there, I'm not doing it, you know, now, um, now what, what yeah, if, so those guys, those, those guys are collaborators. They're not leaders. You know what I mean? So that's the reason why they're not really in alignment with this messaging. And that's fine. That's good. Cause it makes it a lot easier for me to determine who's who in a quick period of time. No different than how I assess a politician or, or a potential political candidate. Where do you stand on the people being armed? If your answer is, well, I believe the Second Amendment, but uh, you're not the guy for me. Sorry. Or woman for me. You know what I mean? So well, it's that same concept. Well, I want to bring up something that's that's always going to be brought up every time you're asked about your stance on guns. And and to be perfectly frank with you, here in South Africa, there are a lot of people running around with a really bad attitude to American freedom, to American gun ownership. Uh, people look at the, at the gun violence. They look at school shootings. They look at... Um, at, at incidents which occur in the news around guns. And they say America is a country with too many guns. They say Americans in general are armed to the teeth for no good reason. They have uh, assault weapons. They should not be allowed to do this. Government should be in a position, and I know that this is the way that many Democrats in America feel too. Government should be in a position to take away those people's guns and to and to bring some order to a society which, if you just watch the, the mainstream media news, the society looks like it is uh, it is just a, a wild west situation where people are falling victim to gun violence every single day. So, do the defense that I know you've done a million times, and explain to people what's really going on, what the truth is here. Yeah. So number one, um, first I empathize for those people. I, I actually. Hey, somebody bring me a, a, a shot of whiskey. Um, so, one, I, I appreciate and have empathy for their thought process. Um, because they're seeing something, and usually seeing is believing. You see it, especially if you don't have a filtration system or you don't understand the level of 
um, trick knowledge that the media, the most effective devil in America, can play. So I understand because they're actually moving from a place of we have to save life because we've been told that the school shootings are crazy. So I appreciate them wanting to do something. The first thing that I think they should do is be more informed. So what? Let's let's start with mass shootings. Mass shootings in America make for make up for less than one percent, less than half of a percent, actually, of gun related deaths in America. That's that's the FBI statistics. Anyone that watches this interview, do not have to believe me. Actually, don't believe me. Go look it up for yourself. Um, So that's one. They do that because, again, the gun control movement was started, rooted and expanded in racism. They do that while ignoring the fact that the areas that have the most violence are urban areas that have the most gun control. The areas that have more rules, more rules means less people are going to be informed about this thing because you've been told that it's bad for you. You've been told that it's horrible. Can somebody bring me some whiskey? I got some here, Um, but it's not going to help you. Right. (laughs) Um, That's what made me think about it in the back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so, so like places like Chicago, for example, where they've got very strict regulation and, and Chicago is, is one of the cities in America that is most damaged by gun crime. Baltimore is another one, right? Right. Exactly. So for example, and again, Chicago and again, gun- these are black communities that are falling victim right. to this stuff and they're Democrat controlled, uh, right. municipalities. And these are the areas that have notoriously higher gun control. If you make it gun control, you don't educate. I, the example that I give a lot of times is this. There are um, 40, say 30 to 40,000 um, gun-related deaths annually in America. What they don't tell you is 60% of those are suicides. Mm. So someone killed themselves. The other part of gun-related death is, let's say I'm a law enforcement officer or I'm just a, huge, a regular citizen and some I walk up on a guy in an alley trying to rape a lady and he has a gun and I shoot him. They count that as the gun-related death. Right. You know, so it's a stat game. The other thing is when you take into account um, the stat games and the games played and you have the spaces that have the most gun control where there's no education, it's just more legislation. The people that have the firearms don't just, especially the bad guys, they don't just give them up. They just go, okay, I know there's nobody here to return fire. So that's how that goes. The best example I can give for how we move differently to get a different result is, in the 90s in America, we had a tremendous problem with teen pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Just bunches of teenagers were getting like pregnant. We didn't make sex illegal. We informed people. We told them about preventative measures. We talked to them about sexual safety. We com- had conversations about um, abstinence, about uh, you know birth control in the form of prophylactics, so forth and so on. Right? We educated. We informed people. And the teen pregnancy rate plummeted. When it comes to guns, the thing that is deliberately designed to check government and its overreach towards the people now we somehow think that informing people about these things is is not is more is, is isn't as important. When you go to places that don't educate and they do legislate, they make more rules. There's more homicides. 
Uh, John Locke wrote a great book called More Guns, Less Crime. Came out a while ago. Excellent book. Does the data for you. It's right there. The other thing is the areas, because you have to, for the scientific thing to hold, you have to, you know, put it up against the inverse. The inverse is all of the areas that have less gun control and more of an informed, less legislation, right, and more education, they have notoriously lower violent crimes, you know, and unfortunately, um, and not unfortunately because it's race-based, however, those areas happen to be areas that um, are kind of like more affluent and wealthy. So I'll give you a perfect example. Sometimes those being in the same state. So all of the gun control is in Illinois and Chicago. 70% of the homicides in Illinois are in Chicago. Right. New York. All of the gun control is in the cities. The vast majority of the homicides are in the cities. No education, just legislation. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. The rest of, you know, upstate New York and places like that, no, nowhere near the same level of that. The reverse being areas like New Hampshire, Arizona, even places that don't have really freedom-based gun control laws, right, like Texas. Texas isn't that good with gun laws. They're horrible, to be perfectly honest. But there's a general culture of respect for firearms in Texas. So the culture means, okay, there's not going to you go into somebody's house, you might run into some buckshot. So right. there's less violent crime. That's a, that speaks to the general culture difference in these areas. And that's what we have to factor in on. Our job at Black Guns Matter is to inform, educate, train, and arm urban America, primarily black people, because that's who's in, you know, urban citizens are in, you know, melanated beings are in urban America, right? Black, brown, yellow, mm -hmm. you know, red, whatever, white, it doesn't matter. That hodgepodge mix of higher populations, once they're informed, like our liberal brothers and sisters in California that are like, wait, so you're letting the prisoners out, but... I need to have a gun to protect myself and the stuff if, if this thing, you know, this COVID thing happens to expand. They lied to you and told you you could buy a, 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 a gun online. In California, I was there. These people had no idea that they had a three to ten day waiting period before they could even buy guns and or ammo. And you it's know? and it's and, and it's uh, it's all these celebrities too, and and people who are big anti-gun people who go out there and and they always have bodyguards and they always have protection, and some of them are even gun owners secretly, but they don't want to be they don't want to be towing the wrong party line when it comes to saying publicly how they feel about right. guns. And, and and that that my friends is swiftly changing, not even about to. It's swiftly changing. The lies of the left. And I have friends and family and loved ones that are on the left. The reality is the reality, though. When you want to come into a more freedom-based, liberty-based, conservative thought process, having the means to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your property from the small amount of bad guys that float around is a fundamental human right. And to lie, for example, there are certain states that are closing the businesses all across the country. Liquor stores are open as essential businesses, but gun stores are not associated with that. That is a contradiction. Liquor stores are not in the Bill of Rights or the Constitution. Guns are. The arm, being armed is. Right. And so, you know, these are the contradictions that are, by their own doing, they're exposing themselves. And people that were uninformed before. This COVID scare, this tactic of trying to scare people into giving up their rights, 
it's starting to affect people, rank and file people that didn't have the information. Right. I get a hundred emails a day from people saying, I was not, I didn't believe in guns. I thought they were the worst thing ever. Then I'm paying attention and I'm like, it, this doesn't make sense. And they're now coming on board and we, we wel welcome brother. Welcome sister. Right. You know? And so, uh, these, these are all things that our job at Black Guns Matter, it's, it's our job to do that, is to inform. I don't have to tell anybody they have to have a firearm. It's not my job to tell them that. Mm -hmm. It's my job to inform them, and if they choose to, then cool. And just like I'm not going to try to force them to have one, no one should be forcing you to not have one. Right. You know, And that is a human right. And I think that from that perspective, when the data is driven outside of the stat games, you know, when we come down to it and we see that a, a country of over 330 million Americans, on average, based on straight violence, there's maybe 15,000 annually, 15,000 just straight, like violent deaths, not the suicides, not the good guy stopping the bad guy, right? On average, the vast majority of that is, you know, drug-related, turf wars. But if you remove the war on drugs, then that violence would leave. We have a nation of over 330 million people. And on average, we have, in reality, 15,000 deaths. And that's including negligence. 15,000 deaths annually in regards to that. And that's the part of the story that they're trying to make people not be aware of. And this conversation needs to go to places like South Africa with a horrific racist history in, in, in form of apartheid and things of that nature. And frankly, you know? and frankly, also a, a, a world of violence. I mean, we live in a country where there are plenty of people being taken out by gun violence every day, and it's criminal. gun. It's not right. legal gun owners, you know. Right. The, and I'm sure you agree with this, but the old saying of it's better to, to have a gun and not need one than to need a gun and not have one. Uh, people, Absolutely. people seem to think that the gun itself has some kind of personality and that it's out to kill people. And, yeah. and, and, and most people who are legal gun owners are some of the most tolerant, um, law-abiding, decent people in the world. They have to jump through so many hoops in this country especially to own a gun that it, it, it means that you've filtered a lot of really bad people out before you give them guns. Right. right. And the bad guys are still going to have the firearms regardless. Yeah. And I'm and I'm not I'm not opposed to anyone having a gun. I don't care where you lose me. If you're the bad, what determines the bad guy for me is if you take a tool. You can have a chainsaw. You have a chainsaw. If you you want to cut down some branches in your yard, cool. Sure. Where you lose me is you take the chainsaw and you try to harm a human with it, right? Or harm some property with it. That's it. That's the only. And if you have a gun, and it's Hey, if someone tries to, I don't care if you're selling Coke. I don't care if you're, I don't care Yeah. where you lose me. If it's, I have to protect the things that I'm selling. If you're a business owner, if you're a cannabis dispensary, I have this firearm to protect what I sell, protect my family, my loved ones, my store, my employees. The only time you lose me is when you use that tool improperly. I'm going to take from someone else with this tool, their hard-earned property, or I'm going to turn this firearm on a potential uh, victim, uh, a person that has not tried to violate you or your body or your property. I don't everyone, everyone that is within the mental space to be safe and responsible with a firearm has the human right to have it, you know. And so 
when you're in nations, and I, I would love to come to South Africa to, you know, to have this further conversation and dialogue, even if it's just on firearm safety, right. you know, um, this needs to be an international conversation because the net that, you know, the ground is a lot of people, if you're not paying attention, the ground is shrinking right underneath our feet. And I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about global elitists. Well, that will, especially now, now that government's back in business with this with this covid thing, uh, they're going to they're going to take away a whole bunch of people's liberties and they're not going to give them back that easily. Right. And that's the part where we have to be very, very vocal. We have to be very, very vocal. You have to say, because some of these things are tested out to see how people respond. Yeah. No, listen, math, 80% of quote-unquote corona or COVID-19 victims, 80% of them experience mild symptoms. They're sick. It's horrible. You're sick for a week. You have flu-like symptoms. You get the fuck over it. You get the fuck over it. This is not. This is not something that... We and it sucks. It sucks. Yeah, sure. It's horrible. It's sick. It's trash. It's the worst thing ever. Right. Right. The vast majority. It is not even a one percent death rate across the world. This is something. That's not me making it up. No, there's a statistic. Like anyone can disprove me. As anyone of, can disprove as of today. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, and so, and when you're having a space where so many people are, there's mixed signals and miss. Or do we have the test? We don't have the test. These. The CDC and the World Health Organization are confused because of something new. Yeah. You're trying to institute legislate and legislate policy based on a, a, a completely confusing based area. That is not okay. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the human right to defend yourself isn't like on a whim. It's not like it, it wasn't like the founding fathers in Philly was like, hey guys, this is all of these constitutional bets are off if people get sick, right? Like, that wasn't a part nope. of the deal. <clears throat> nope. You know, and I want people to stop feeling like they're going to be shamed for saying that. For saying that. It's going to be trash. I have elders. Some of my elders may die. Yeah. Me too. Me too. As a young, healthy male, I might be the anomaly and I right. might get the COVID and die. If right. that happens, do not fucking use my death to further apply tyranny to other humans. Do not. And I think that level of logical, mathematical, empathy-based conversation is what needs to have be had, as well as in regards to why we have uh, the view that we have about firearms ownership. So, Maj, how many how many guns do you have at the moment? Do you know? I don't even know, man. I don't know. A few. You got <laughs> what? Handguns, rifles, shotguns, the whole lot. All of them. Beautiful. Shotguns. I, I like shotguns the least. I like rifles the most. Yeah. Um, handguns that you know they say you use your handgun to get to your rifle. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Do, and so, um, do you go to the range? Space, do, you, do you go to the range often and, and and shoot? Yes, but bigger bigger than bigger than the range, um, is a uh, dry practice. Right. Dry practice because most of it is weapons handling and manipulation. Mm -hmm. You know, right. things that you can do in your home with a set pistol or even your own handgun. You know, reloads, drawing from concealment, you know, sight picture, sight alignment. These are things that you can do every single day at your house. Right. Um, I have an ammo sponsor, too, uh, Phoenix Ammo. Yeah. Huge shouts to them. Black Guns Matter has an ammo sponsor. Huge shouts to them. Because during this thing where the government of Michigan, they're based in Detroit, Michigan, the governor of Michigan is telling people that, oh, all of the businesses have to close. 
they are working tirelessly to make sure that people have the ammunition that they need if this thing goes, you know, left. Uh, in my in my belief system, I believe that it'll go, it'll adjust. Um, and it, this was really a potential power grab. Right. But shouts to Phoenix Ammunition, F-E-N-I-X. Um, if you're listening, please go follow them and support them because they support us. Right. Um, you know, companies like uh, Next Level Training with cert pistols. Um, this right here is a cert pistol. A cert pistol is a firearm. This is the 380 version, right? This is a firearm, a, a replica firearm that has two lasers on it. I don't know if y'all can see that one and two. When that trigger squeeze begins, one of those lasers comes out, and when that trigger breaks, another one comes out. Mm-hmm. They have the 380 model. Um, they have the Glock 19 as well as uh, the Glock. Excuse me, the uh, HK version. Now I'm saying this to say. Um, these are things that we can do, practical things that we can do every single day. You know, if you don't have a bunch of ammo, I'm trying to find a Glock 19 version. But anyway, um, these these are things that we can do practically every day to um, strengthen our ability um, in, in firearms ownership. Thank you. Marsh, you you were on a tour before this whole um, outbreak happened. Um, wh- yeah. what, what are your plans to, to continue the, the, the progress that you've made in the tour? I, I, I didn't want to stop the tour in the first place, and I wasn't going to, but the, uh, the local governments of... Uh, so, for example, March the 22nd, we, had, we were scheduled to have a class in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, we didn't, not because I was going to cancel it, because I wasn't. Whoever showed up, showed up. I don't care if it's one person or a thousand, it doesn't matter. Well, what started to happen was, um, thank you. What started to happen was there were um, local health departments leaned on gun ranges to not ha- to not open for business, and right. so that affected us. But as soon as um, everybody stopped being like marshmallow, we're getting right back to the tour. We're getting the only reason why I'm not on a plane every other week or every week is because of the fact that. Um, you know, some some of these local governments have applied pressure to local businesses, and it's not okay. It's not okay in any way, shape, or form. You're also a rapper. I think it's worth giving some cred here. Um, you've released three rap and hip-hop recordings, Solutionary Volume 1, Solutionary Volume 2, and Number 3 in 2016. And yeah. you, you also ran uh, in, in the city's election. You finished fifteenth yeah. in a field of seventeen candidates. It was it was horrible, and I think that I think that I, <laughs> there's been stories. There's a guy that's used the same machines. I had so many people hit me up saying, "Yo, I don't even see your name on the ballot box." Oh wow! Um, yeah, there's no way that that's legit. Um, oh, wow. Now again, you lost, so of course everybody can cry over spilled milk when you lost. Um, but there's those machines were paid for by George Soros, and that election was actually the last election that Pennsylvania can use those machines. There's, I've had stories of guys in counties right outside of Philadelphia that only got 216 votes based on those those hard drives. He told them to count the um, count the physical ballots, and he wound up having like 26,000 votes and wound up winning the election. Hmm. Um, so to me, it was more about getting people active involved in that one particular portion of the political process. Yeah. Um, as far as like. Um, I'm way more effective outside of that machine because I can influence the machine. That's just what it is. And a lot of things that they are bound by, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I never want to be bound by. Like, I, I never want to be able to tell people the truth. So, for example, the truth is the 
Philadelphia government, Jim, you know, Mayor Jim Kenney, is attempting to exercise very unconstitutional, whether that's Pennsylvania Constitution or the country's Constitution, bans on people's movement. And you're doing that not while informing people about a timeline for when this is over, yeah. saying, hey, we, hey, do y'all want to try this mm -hmm. for three days, so forth and so on. That's not what's being done. And it's unconstitutional. And, of course, he's in his second term, so it doesn't matter to him. The, the reality is a lot of those politicians just don't want to look like because they're a victim of a lot of the same fear mongering. Nobody wants to look like they're the guy that was, you know, sitting on his hands when something, you know, tremendous may have happened. Right. So I get that. But we are charged with the responsibility of helping and protecting health while respecting people's freedom and liberty to do the opposite. We are charged with that responsibility. You do that through informing people, not by making them potential criminals, while at the same time letting people out of jail that, again, I do not believe should have been there in the first place. A lot of them, not all of them. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about the robbers and the rapists and the, and the killers. I'm not talking about those guys. Um, but my point in that is it's just the trifecta of governmental overreach. And so I, they, they kind of got to go along with that, like, yeah. or at least what they think, you know, especially in predominantly democratically ran cities. How we beat that is by changing the voter base. I'm not trying to change the politicians anymore. Right. Um, and I see in this last election that they're willing to cheat in order to win. I'm not the only one that said this about these machines. Uh, the Green Party said this nationally about these machines, yeah. you know, uh, other people, you know. So my point there is all we got to do for me, I'm more effective by informing and changing the mind of the voter base. That's what I'm going to do at this point. You know, the vast majority of the people that voted for me were first time voters. That's what I was there to do, to get the hood involved in the political process. The founding fathers was hood dudes. That's it. It's basically a bunch of Philly dudes that created like. America. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so it's like these, these dudes were like farmers and carpenters and like hardworking humans. Right. You know what I mean? They weren't the political establishment. Yeah, right. They created an establishment. You know, it's our job to remember that. So um, that's what, you know, me being a hip hop artist and being, a you know, a, 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 a homage of the people, uh, you know, a man of the people. And that's that's really what I am. You know, I, I'm just as much as just as easily as it is for me to chop it up with Donald Trump Jr. at CPAC, which I did, which I have for the last two years, it's just as easy to tell everybody on Twitter my exact location, and this is what city I'm in. If you want to come, you know, pull up and have a drink in, in y'all language or, you know, in, in different countries, have a pint, have a glass, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm equally um, in the position to do both, and that's what I do. So I think it's, it's very important for us to showcase that. Win, lose, or draw, whether you win the particular seat, takes a back seat to... Did you change the mentality of the people? Well, Maj, I, I would uh, love to have a drink with you. It, it would be a great pleasure if you do come to South Africa for us to host you here. And, and good luck with what you're doing. It, it is God's work. You are freeing people. You are freeing their minds. Um, you know, you're, you're helping them to, to look after themselves and to do things for their own families, to protect themselves. And you're training people. Uh, you're not just training them in terms of firearms. You're training them in terms of the way they think. And... And I reckon that that is just uh, extraordinary. You need all the support you can get. If people want to know more, they can go to, to Black Guns Matter. You, you're on Twitter. I've seen Yeah, uh, they, they can follow all of the pages. Um, Maj Toure, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E. That's the name on Twitter and Instagram. Right. Follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. 
Um, we have a Patreon page. If you want to commit to like five bucks a month, please do that. Patreon.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. And if you've heard this interview and you agree, this has to go not only national, but this needs to go international. Right. This needs to go international. There's absolutely no reason why our white and black brothers and sisters in South Africa, right, don't have this information. And this needs to be the thought process generally. Yeah. You know that there is a conspiracy, and I'm not saying that a theory. There is an actual group of people working to do a thing. That's what a conspiracy is, to make sure that the people, the human race, is subjugated by a few. And that's not the case. That should not be the case, and we're not going to accept it. If you know that to be true, if you feel that in your heart, and I've articulated something in this interview that you want to support, please help us. We are completely crowdsourced. The classes are free to whoever comes in whatever country I go to. Um, but we do that by you, your donations. GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. Please, if you got $5, cool, that's great. If you got, you know, um, $500, if you got 50 bucks. If some of you really, really rich women and men got want to just fund the rest of the tour and want to just donate $700,000, that'll be dope too. If you right. want to do it anonymously, send me your information anonymously, but I'm definitely coming to hang with you if you do that. But, um, you know, really, it's, it's really about informing the masses of people uh, locally, nationally and internationally and make sure that we as the human race are um, exercising our human right to exist on this earth by any means necessary. Maj Torre, thank you so much. What a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. I'll talk to you in a bit. I'm coming to South Africa. We're going to kick it over there. Good man. I, I will introduce you to the gun owners of South Africa and the rest of it because there's a there's a big community here and... They stick together, and there, there are a lot of people who would love to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. Great. Thank you so much, man. This is CliffCentral.com.